Welcome back to the Couch Scout. This is Hunter. I'm here with Chase. Well, last week we went over the offensive prospects before the combine, and this week we'll pick it back up with the defensive prospects as well as our reaction to the first two days of the combine. All right, Chase, as we get into this, who's your uh, favorite defensive players you got? My favorite defensive player is Bradley Chubb out of North Carolina State. I actually have him as my number one overall player in the draft. Uh, he's just a great off-the-ball guy. I think he's definitely the best pass rusher in the draft. Very athletic, long, strong. I believe the second best defense player, probably Minka Fitzpatrick. Lockdown, DB, can play safety or corner or play in the nickel. Very active uh, in run defense as a defensive back. And uh, I'd say number three would probably be Roquan Smith. Uh, just sideline to sideline guy. Uh, crazy speed. Not overly big, but plays a lot bigger than what he is. But those are probably my top three defensive defensive players. Yeah, right off the hand, I can tell you uh, the Bradley Chubb is absolutely hands down the best defensive player. We'll break it down into positions here in a moment, but the thing about Bradley Chubb is I just hands down the best defensive player. Don't overthink it. In GMs that need a defensive player in the top five picks, it's going to take Bradley Chubb. He's too good to pass up on. For me, he's the third best. I got Quentin Nelson and uh, Saquon Barkley ahead of him. Hands down the best defensive player and probably the safest pick in the draft. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's another safe option. A lot of people have him going to Cleveland at number, with the fourth pick if they go quarterback at one, but regardless, he's he's hands down the best DB. He can play any position, nickelback, out, cornerback one, cornerback two, safety. I mean, it doesn't matter. This guy can play. As far as the third one, I'm not going to get too much into Roquan Smith. I have him as my third linebacker, but there's a he was my number two until I started looking at the position a little bit more deeply. So the defense is really hard to kind of grade because every defense works a little bit different. You've got four threes, three fours, three three fives. It's very hard to tell what position a lot of these guys play, but basically you got your interior defensive linemen. These are the big guys that try to fill the gaps. On a 4-3, these guys typically are a little bit smaller, but there's two of them. That gives your edge rushers on the 4-3 to be uh, your defensive ends. They're allowed to come after the quarterback from both sides. And three fours, you usually use your interior lineman as a nose tackle. It's about 350-pound guy. He pushes people inside and lets your defensive end try to work the edge and then lets an outside linebacker come off the quarterback on either way. It's a little more flexibility in defense, but it's not as good against the run. So these are kind of hard grades positions, and this continues over to linebacker because in a 4-3, your middle linebacker needs to be a kind of a quarterback of the defense. That middle linebacker is usually a taller, more uh, agile guy who's able to work sideline to sideline as well to be good against pass coverage. He's kind of a do-it-all guy, and the outside linebackers are more guarding their sides. In a 3-4, there's two inside linebackers. These guys are sometimes shorter, quicker guys who can use blitzing packages, stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of hard to grade them, so we do our best here. And honestly, every team is a little bit different, so this is where it gets defenses very hard to grade. With that said, you got your defensive lineman broke down, or, or you want to start out a different position? I can start with defensive line. My number one defensive tackle, I got Deron Payne out of Alabama. Just watching games on him and highlights, he's just a dominant force. I mean, he just pushes people around and gets in the backfield and he makes plays. A lot of people have the Vita Vea from Washington as number one, but when you watch Deron Payne, he just he makes plays happen. He's almost unstoppable at times. In the national championship game, he was almost unblockable. He was getting the backfield off against Georgia. I have him as my number one. Number two, I got Vita Vea. I mean, his size is six foot five, three hundred forty-four pounds. I mean, that's just an absolute monster. Just incredible strength, humongous force. Uh, number three, I have Maurice Hurst. I did see today though that he left the combine with a heart condition. I'm not sure 
what that is or how that's going to affect him. The number four, I got a guy, Harrison Phillips out of Stanford. I got to see him some. He was just a guy that clocked up the middle. He's actually a little bit smaller than I thought he was. Six foot four, 285 pounds. I thought he'd be more of 300 plus. But he still was a clog in the middle and was could also was very good at chucking offensive linemen and making plays. The number five, I got a guy, Taven Bryan out of Florida. He was just a guy that also was very disruptive, can shed, shed blockers, quick off the ball, a, a good athlete at the defensive tackle spot. All right, so I actually have Bradley Chubb in the defensive lineman. Again, it's kind of hard to grade because he could be an outside linebacker, an edge rusher, and other systems. To me, he's a 4-3 defensive end that could be a stand-up outside linebacker, so it's hard to tell where to put him. But my number one uh, my number one after him is Vita Vey. Now, the reason why I have a number one over number two is, did you know he lined up as a pass rusher? He lined up and he teed off as a defensive end coming after quarterbacks, even though he weighs 344 pounds. He's a versatile guy. He can play inside or outside on defensive line. Very strong, very powerful. And honestly, he's just a nose tackle that can be great. He reminds me of a slightly smaller Vince Wilfork. There's just so hard to find a guy like Vince Wilfork. He's getting other comparisons, but that's who he reminded me of. I just wish he was a little bit closer to Vince Wilfork's size, but, man, he, he could be great at the next level. Next one after that is Darren Payne. He's a solid run-stopping tackle. He's definitely a defensive tackle in the 4-3 scheme. He'd probably have to be bounced outside to the defensive end for a 3-4, but honestly... He's not a great pass rusher. That's where he's a little bit. He has a little bit more issue. Honestly, that run stopping ability, he'd help any team that runs a four three, and that that's probably going to hurt his stock because not many teams run a four three anymore. It's just hard to find that. Well, well, with Deron Payne though, he did come from Alabama. They run a three four defense. So I mean, definitely, I don't think he could play a nose tackle. He don't have the size for that. But I do believe he would succeed in three four defense just because he played at Alabama. The but, only the only issue with that is college players can be any size and still make an impact right. on almost anywhere. Like I said, there's a 344-pound defensive end who lined up as a pass rush. I mean, I that's, you, that's insane. A guy who I think Deron Payne could be a lot like, and I'm not saying he's going to be that, but I think Cox from uh, – Fletcher Cox? Fletcher Cox from the Eagles. He, he likes I think because he, he's kind of an undersized but just disruptive guy. Yeah. And Deron Payne, you watch him, he's just disruptive – just in the backfield, just a constant, yeah, just I mean, a nuisance. He, you know? he is. He's very good at getting after people. Another guy I like is the Tevon Bryan. Uh, he's a little undersized to be an interior defensive lineman, but he could very much be a 4-3 defensive end. I mean, he's 291 pounds. I haven't seen what his weight at the combine is. We're just going with prior things. We'll, we'll come after, after the combine, we'll have a lot better grades on their size. Uh, but he's got high potential. He's a very, very good player. The only problem is he isn't a natural football player. He doesn't have the instincts. Everything is he's learned. He's very much a a smart player. Um, If he had any natural instincts, he'd probably be number two or one on this. He's a very good player. I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's a guy he he don't take plays off. Yeah. Like, he's always chasing down the ball carrier. He's always... He's always where the ball yeah, is. Yeah, but as far as natural gift, he doesn't seem to have it. And that's why, and then a lot of people count off for that, but honestly, I love smart football players. And then the last one I have is Tim Settle. He's six foot three, 335 pounds. This guy is a polite. I love this kid. He uh, showed up, to, uh, he was overweight, and his coach challenged him to lose some weight. He actually lost about 50 pounds in trying to meet his coach's challenge. So he responds well to challenges. Now, there's some concerns about him and when he goes into the NFL. Will he keep that weight off, stuff like that? If he does, he's going to be one of the next great players. He looks like a Dontario Poe back when he played for Kansas City when he was first drafted. He's so good, but he needs a little bit of development time. And as you can tell, most of my guys are bigger guys. They're nose tackles. 
the nose tackles are hard to find. They go a lot quick because people love 3-4 nose tackles. I prefer a 4-3 defense overall, but nose tackles are just rare, so 3-4s is where everyone's using right now because everyone is such a pass-happy league right now. At the next, we're going to go with our edge rushers or our outside linebackers. It's kind of hard to distinguish the two, so we'll just talk about our top 10 in each of those positions. Um, my number one, I have a Harold Landry. Uh, he's actually a more of a 3-4 outside linebacker build, but uh, he's been seen, he's played a 3-4-3 edge. He's 6'3", 250 pounds, and he has a lot of natural instinct coming after the quarterback. I actually love this guy. Um, the next guy I have um, is the Kamunko Ture. I hope I'm saying that right. Again, another 3-4 outside linebacker. You'll notice a trend for my edge rushers are a lot of 3-4 guys. He's, they go higher in the draft than most. I'm solid pass rusher. The only problem with him is his first move. If you shut it down, he kind of he's out of the play. It, he, he's not the kind. He's almost the direct opposite of uh, the, the Tevin Bryan because if he gets you on the first move, he's getting to your quarterback. If you stop him, he's out of the play. It's so just disheartening to see a guy that doesn't finish plays. But he's got all the natural talent in the world. Now, my personal favorite defensive player, uh, I mean everybody, he's so underrated in my opinion, his name is Arden Key. He can play 4-3 or 3-4. He's a 6-6, 265-pound guy. He's got uh, a lot of great talent, great potential. He's got a couple off-field issues, just personal issues. If he can work past them, he could be the best edge rusher, either at a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker. Either way, this guy could be dangerous. Yeah, Arden Key, I got him on my list. But like I said, the off-field things, like he had a weird off-the-field season before the season started. Uh, left for personal issues. I don't think there was really any clarity of reason why. They came back, gained a bunch of weight, a little bit bigger. As I know uh, before, I mean, he was just a dominant force, just constantly in the backfield. He's quick, a lot more powerful for his size. I mean, six foot six, 238 pounds, you know. Kind of reminds me a lot of Leonard Floyd, very lean but very quick and a lot stronger than what he looks. Definitely Arden Key is a guy that I don't know if he will give you an instant impact on a team, but I think he's a guy that you can develop. Hopefully doesn't have those off-the-field issues at the pro level, and he, I, I believe he could be a definitely a, a dominant force. If during the combine he can emphasize that, quarterback, that football is first in his life, He's up there with Bradley Chubb and Tremaine Edmonds for me. He's that talented. He could be one of the best player defensive players in this draft, but if he can get past those personal issues, he can play any position along the I think before the college football season started, you know, they have those early mock drafts, you know. I think he was like a top ten guy. I, he, think, I yeah, believe a lot he of was. people have him as the top pass rusher. But you know, then he had those off the field issues, you know, maybe you know, who knows, maybe thinking about sitting out the season, I don't know, you know, I don't know what his uh what the issues were. It was insane. I mean, it, it was definitely a weird situation. It's one of those things, once it's all cleared up, fired up, and it will be found out, these GMs, these scouts are relentless in finding everything about these prospects. So he could be a great pick. He could be a steal for your team. If your team takes him, and if they did their research, you got a great weapon on your defense. Chase doesn't think he could be an immediate impact. If he, if he is football first, he is an immediate impact. He can play any position along the defensive end, uh, edge rusher, outside linebacker. This guy is dangerous. Well, I think definitely he could be a guy. You know, when I say instant impact, I mean like being an every-down guy. I definitely think whatever team he goes to, I think his pass rushing ability you know, can't be denied. So I definitely believe he will we'll be in there third and long rushing the passer, but I think it will take a little bit more time to develop him to be an every-down guy. 
Um, now another guy I got for the edge rushers is a six foot four Dorrance Armstrong. Honestly, this guy can only play outside linebacker. Again, they'll be drafted early. He'll probably go in the top three rounds. Um, it's just so hard to find a good edge rusher. Um, the only reason I'm not going to spend much time on him is because the next guy is probably going to take up a lot of time. My next guy is Lorenzo Carter, six foot six, two hundred forty-two pounds. Honestly, he should probably be your second or third outside linebacker, edge rusher guy for your team. The only reason he's not is because he had his first two years were really bad at Georgia. He wasn't utilizing the right ways, and Kirby Smart made made his whole turn around his whole draft prospect. Kirby Smart has helped almost every Georgia player going uh, going forward. It's just Kirby Smart's an underrated coach. I don't want to get too much into that, but Lorenzo Carter is a great edge. He's going to play outside linebacker for a team. I really think that. I don't think he'll be a defensive end. But at 6'6", 242, he's got a long wingspan. He's going to get in the face of quarterbacks. He's going to be a disruptive powerhouse. Well, I remember Lorenzo, his first year at Georgia, he had a great start to his career. You know, was always wreaking havoc, was great rushing the passer. And then a sophomore, junior year, just just didn't have the impact people thought. He, he didn't really take that next step. And then I believe that senior year, like you said, Kirby – you know, he instilled in those players just a spark lit in them. And he was definitely a lot more a leader, uh, great against the run. And he's got like a 6-foot, 10-inch wingspan. I mean, ridiculous length, you know. Uh, really athletic. Uh, I know, I remember in the Rose Bowl, there was a couple times guys were, looked like they were about to cut up the corner and he could just track them down. Just crazy athleticism. Yeah, I don't think he's just a defensive end type of guy. Definitely a guy you could – and actually at Georgia, they had packages for him where he actually lined up an inside linebacker too. So he's definitely a guy that can – is versatile and play different positions. I actually missed the inside linebacker. I thought I did a good bit of research on him. But honestly, with that wingspan, that is something I've heard before. Yeah, I've seen his wingspan comp to J.J. Watt as far as like just getting in the way of quarterbacks and such like that. He's got huge arms. The guy's just lanky as all get out. And that's usually how he beats those tackles. He just can shove them out of his way or just get his arms wrapped around the running back headed to the edge. He seems to be able to tackle almost anyone that gets near him. That's what you love about Lorenzo Carter. And honestly, he'd be higher if he had a better sophomore and junior season. But like I said, Kirby Smart really helped turn him around. Maybe got him a little fired up. It's almost like Mark Rick didn't always coach up players. That didn't say that. <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and move on to my linebackers, and then we'll hear what Chase says about his uh, defensive end, outside linebackers, kind of edge guys. But my number one is Tremaine Edmonds. Honestly, he's an unreal prospect. I don't know if you've seen much about it, but his comp is Brian Erlacher, which isn't fair to Brian Erlacher, not to Tremaine Edmonds. They're saying he's more comp to basketball players at 6'5", 250 pounds. He can play any position on defense. That's what. That's literally what I've heard. He can play any position on defense. He's fast. He's strong. I'm hoping to see him at the combine, but he's supposed to be able to do everything. Honestly, I didn't even have him on my board. I don't know if I did pay enough attention to Virginia Tech, but once I started doing research, he jumped everybody for me. Mike Mayock sold me on him, and I'm not a Mike Mayock fan. I disagree with almost everything he says. For me, my next one is Rashawn Evans. He was originally my number one, but Tremaine just overshot him for me. Rashawn Evans is a great 3-4 inside linebacker blitzer. He's great at coming in the middle, and somewhere he fit really well is somewhere like Seattle that uses a Bobby Wagner to go on blitzes for coverage, all that. That's what Rashawn Evans reminds me of. He's not quite the same size. He's actually a little bit bigger at 6'3", 230, but that's who he reminds me of. My third is Roquan Smith. His biggest issue is he is an undersized linebacker. And 6'1", 225, for me, he's not a 4'3", middle linebacker. He's going to be used as an inside linebacker and a 3'4", or an outside linebacker. But he's got the speed, he's got the strength, he's got everything you love. He's got natural instincts toward the ball. 
And honestly, I really think he helped turn around Georgia's defense this past season. I think he was the key to that. I mean, a lot of people, you can give it to Bellamy, Roquan Smith, all that. To me, it was definitely Roquan Smith over everybody else. Four, I got a name I have a hard time saying, Leighton Vanden Ersch. I can't even say it. Six foot four, 240 pounds. He's the perfect linebacker build. He's honestly a guy you're probably going to take and develop a little bit. Maybe halfway through the year, he'll come in. Um, another guy kind of remind me of is Mount Tatao. Great solid build. He'll probably be a f- forever starter, but no one you'll ever really remember on your team. But he's a solid player. You, you definitely want him on your team. He's just going to be a solid guy. And my last one is Jerome Baker. He's another undersized guy like uh, Roquan Smith at 6'1", 225. That's exact same build. But honestly, he's fast and athletic. He's a great pass rusher. He's going to be used in 3-4 as a blitzing linebacker. Um, but he definitely has some issues against the run. He's not always the best tackler, but as far as getting after the quarterback, which is so valued in the NFL, that's why he's my fifth one right now, is I'm going by what's valued and an outside linebacker that can blitz quarterbacks. That's definitely Jerome Baker, despite his size. All right, let's see some of your defensive ends and top linebackers. Well, first, I'm just sitting here bowling. <laughs> I mean, I'm bowling. The disrespect. I'm not even Roquan Smith, and I feel so disrespected right now. Yeah, he's undersized. But the speed is ridiculous. Sideline to sideline. Just lays the lumber to people. I mean, I believe he led the SEC in tackles. He only missed the whole season. You can count on one hand how many tackles he missed. He missed two. And they're on pass plays. <laughs> two. And I'm sure he's eating himself off for missing those two freaking tackles. How do you not have Roquan Smith number one? I don't care how big or how fast or how strong that dude from Virginia Tech was. I even know his name. I got him written down. But that's just because I had to write other linebackers down other than Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is ridiculous. You watch his highlights. I mean, the, the uh, Notre Dame quarterback, they said he had ridiculous speed. Roquan Smith tracked him down. I mean, oh, my gosh. I know that dude's having nightmares about Roquan Smith. I have nightmares about Roquan Smith. I mean, he, he's scary. I mean, he just... He's ridiculously good. And also, they also said they came to the combine a little bit heavier, about 236 pounds. So we'll see. Maybe we'll see if that affects his 40 any. They said he's looking to run a 4-4. 4-4 inside linebacker, that's DB speed. There's some DBs that even run in 4-4. I'm just, ah, man, Roquan Smith at number three. I mean, mm, no, no, that's Again, that is sheer, sheer size. And honestly, as far as talent goes, all three of them is pretty similar. But the big difference for me is size. you got to have bigger linebackers to stop passes. The tape don't lie. Let me (laughs) tell you something. He's not playing against Tom Brady. He's not playing against Matt Ryan. He's not playing against Drew Brees. You're right. He's not playing against some guys yet. But he was playing in the best conference. He was playing in the minor league for the NFL, the SEC. The Virginia Tech guy. I ain't, I ain't seeing his highlights on Sports Center. You know who highlights you're seeing? Freaking Roquan Smith, just making ridic, just play after play. I'm telling you, you watch Georgia games, and you well, the whole defense was ridiculous for Georgia, but Roquan was there every put. There wasn't a tackle he was not in on. If there's a guy one on one with Roquan Smith, he's making a tackle. You're going down, and he's just a great leader. And you say he can't play in a four three. I totally disagree. I didn't say he can't play in 4-3. He's in a 4-3 outside linebacker. He's not a middle linebacker in a 4-3. He can play both because, <laughs> listen, listen, he knows where to put guys. He's just knowledgeable of the game. He's a guy that's just going to study film. You watch tape on Roquan Smith. You just watch him during games. 
they snapped the ball. It was like he already knew what they were doing. It's ridiculous. He's already in the spot. I mean, and listen, I'm a Georgia homer. I love my Georgia dogs. But I'm telling you, I mean, you watch Roquan Smith. There's no doubt in my mind he is the number one linebacker in the draft. It's not even close. You know, Mike Mayock don't even have his number one. I don't know what he's smoking. It's ridiculous. I mean, Roquan Smith is just – I'm just going to go ahead and skip all my top five linebackers just because Roquan Smith is the guy. Rashawn Evans number two, but I'll, and I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. He's also a but I'll leave it at that. I mean, it's very close in my opinion. So, I mean, I try to leave my bias in this as, out of it as much as possible. And listen, you know, I try not to be biased. But, I, I guess the tape don't lie. You watch Roquan Smith, it's ridiculous. I mean, just sideline to sideline. Just great. In, I mean, oh, man, I'm, I'm just bullying over here. Number three? Rip, number three. On your list. I mean, come on. I mean, it's no joke. It's sheer comes down to size. I, I think mean, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you think I'm ranting bad right now. Just wait till we get started with Lamar Jackson. Oh, man, that's, that's coming up there. That's coming up Number up. three? So we'll go to, we'll go oh on to DBs and cornerbacks. I don't know how, how deep he's gone on that. So uh, my next one at cornerback. I got, of course, the number one cornerback in this draft, assuming Minka Fitzpatrick is considered safety, is Denzel Ward. I hate Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm not a fan of the Ohio State. For so many reasons, I think they give them way too much credit in the media. They're always a top ten uh, college ranked going into the season, even though they they're not they're not they're not that good. But Denzel Ward is that good. He's an immediate impact as a nickelback. He can he can run with just about anyone in the league. It, it appears that way. We'll see his combine stats um, here in the next day or two. But he's an immediate impact. He'll be a great nickelback that can develop into a number one or a number two. He does lack the top end size to cover like Julio Jones esque people. But he's so good and he's so quick that he can probably keep up with almost any of them. So that's somebody, if your team picks up Denzel Ward, they got a solid cornerback. You immediately improve your pass defense. My number two is Carlton Davis. I'm sorry. He's a number one cornerback. He's a six foot one, two oh three. He's built much like Richard Sherman. He's a pro pro bowler in the right scheme. He can fit anywhere. He can be like Josh Norman was for the Carolina Panthers. Josh Norman's a great cornerback, but you can tell when he went away from the Panthers, he was no longer a Pro Bowl-esque cornerback, in my opinion. But you get Carlton Davis in the right system, he is a pro bowler. Year one. I mean, as a rookie, he could be a pro bowler if he's in the right scheme. This guy is dangerous. Isaiah Oliver, 6'1", 190 pounds. He's a high-potential cornerback. He's got a great build, has speed, but lacks lateral uh, agility. He's just, honestly, if someone cuts back on him, he's usually two, two, 10 yards back behind them. So he's great at taking away like the speedsters that aren't very good route runners and stuff like that, but you never want him on Antonio Brown. So you, he's probably going to be more of a sideline to sideline kind of. He covers the left side of the field instead of the instead of man to man coverage. But he has the ability and speed to cover anybody man to man. After that, I got Josh Jackson. He had a great year. Honestly, it's one of those things where Josh Jackson's hard to grade because he's had one great year. Don't know much about him. He had eight interceptions this past season. It's ridiculous. He had like five against Ohio State. I mean, he had a a ridiculous game against Ohio State. Yeah, he's six foot one, 191 pounds, exact same build as Isaiah Oliver. Uh, Honestly, if you just look at this, just this past year, he should be the number one cornerback. But the problem is that's all you got on him is just this past year. Prior to that, he was a backup to the other two cornerbacks. So for him to come out of nowhere and just show up, that's either showing his coaches were making the wrong decision prior to that. Or he wasn't that talented and just had a great year. He could be a one-year wonder, or he could be the number one cornerback in this draft. Well, only time will tell. That's why I got him graded at four. You can't miss on something like that. It's just one of those things you're not going to take him in the first two rounds. 
Mike Hugh, uh, Hughes, uh, DB, uh, plus return man. That's what he is. He's a return man that can play as a nickelback. He's got good speed. Good speed. That's not great speed. Uh, but the main issue is he lacks the height to play at 5'11", 191. I mean, Denzel Ward plays at 5'10", but like I said, you don't want him on a big guy. So same thing with this. You don't want him on a big guy. But he's so good at pressing wide receivers. If you ever find a wide receiver that's bad against the press, you put this guy on, he's going to shut him down. He's really good. He's got Richard Sherman-esque hands. When he puts them on you, you're not going anywhere. But if he gets beat by a guy like Antonio Brown, he's going to be gone. Odell Beckham's going to be gone. I mean, these guys are just going to burn him. And he's also rather short. Like I said, that's an issue. So Mike Evans is a problem. So most of these cornerbacks, they're all very good in actual physical traits and skill sets. But when it comes to the elite wide receivers, it seems it doesn't matter. These wide receivers are going to get open, especially with the rules that are catered that way. It's so impossible to cover number one wide receivers. All you got to do is take them away long enough to get your front seven to the quarterback. These guys help in that aspect. That's what you want. All right, and switching over to safety, it's really easy. This is no joke. Minka Fitzpatrick. Anyone doubt that? They're, they're idiots. Don't trust it. Just, to me, he's the fourth best prospect in the draft, second best defensive player. It's real simple. Uh, Derwin James at six foot three, 250 pounds. He's an inconsistent but speedy, athletic safety. He can do all the plays. If he can be coached up, he could be a high-end um, Earl Thomas, that level kind of guy, just a little bit of coached up. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, it's a great uh, six foot three, two hundred fourteen pounds. It's from Bama, so we, of course, there's gonna be love here. <laughs> they just produce them like <laughs> crazy. Honestly, he does have issues. He lacks uh, pass coverage and tackling. But when he comes up to hit running backs, they're not gonna like it. He's gonna come up and hit them, in the, and you could probably meet him at the hole a lot of times. He's gonna uh, be utilized in that aspect. Like that old Colt safety, I'm trying to remember his name. He come up and hit every run runner running back. It's going to come to me later like it always does, but he's really good. Honestly, though, if he doesn't get better at pass coverage, you'll see him utilize less and less because that's not something uh, teams like anymore. They just don't care about running backs. They're not scared of them. They're not paid. You see that constantly year after year. I mean, Devontae Freeman just got paid. He's the highest paid running back in the league, and they're talking about trading him. I hope they do. <laughs> I said they should have done that before they paid him, but we'll get that to that later. That's just one of those things. Running backs are not something that people are scared of anymore. I'm hoping with this draft class that all changes. You're going to see guys are like, we need to get bigger linebackers. We need to get bigger defensive linemen to stop these running backs from running see, all over us. I think that's starting to change, though. You see the trend. I mean, you know, Todd Gurley, I think, you know, he went 10th or 11th or something like yeah, that. But when he was dead, it was controversial. The Rams, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But now you see what he's doing. You, these big, fast running backs are starting to come back. The thing that makes them great is, you know, you'll see with Saquon is, to me, it's the pass-catching ability out of the backfield. And I think that's what it's coming back to. I mean, when you get these guys six foot, six foot one, six foot two, you know, 220-plus running four three four four five. I mean, who's going to hit these guys out in space? And I think the running back's starting to make a little bit of a – and it's not, come back because of the it's, versatility. It's not just the running backs. It's the featured backs that are coming back. And the reason why is when you do something like the – I use them as an example. The Cincinnati Bengals, they have Joe Mixon and Jeremy Hill. When you know Jeremy Hill's in, it, you know it's a run. They don't utilize him in pass plays. They don't use him in pass protection. So then they have – everyone knows it's a run. You get Joe Mixon in there, it could be a run or a pass, but it's more likely a pass. It's one of those things they immediately know that. And featured backs, you can't tell. When Todd Gurley in, it could be a pass, it could be a run. It could be a pass to Todd Gurley. You never know. Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, you start seeing these running backs that can be featured backs, it confuses defenses. There's not an immediate tell, and that's something they miss. So that's something that we're hoping comes back very soon because that's something that football needs again. All right, so my next one is Justin Reed. He actually could end up jumping up and being the number two safety in this for me. 
He's a good pass coverage. He's not great against the run, but he's the safest pick in this draft outside of Nick Fitzpatrick at safety. He's just extremely safe pick. And 6'2", 216 pounds is Kaiser White. Man, this man is a solid choice at safety, but honestly, he has a similar issues to Dur- uh, to uh, not Darwin James. Sorry, Ronnie uh, Harrison. He's got bad tackling, and his man coverage is really bad. So they won't, you won't like putting him on a, a tight end. That's something that a lot of teams like to do with their safety, but I don't think that's something you would want to do with a Kaiser White, despite his size. He's just not good at man coverage. He just can't keep up with guys. He's not. I don't know if he just doesn't know how routes are run. He just he's bad at it. But he's a very safe pick overall. He's great in zone. He's good when the ball's in the air. He's a solid pick. All right, you got any DBs that you want to let us know about? I should put my DBs together because there's a a few guys that can play both. Uh, number one, of course, I got Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, six foot one, two hundred one, just a great overall player. He's kind of almost like a middle linebacker playing DB, just because he can put people where they need to be. He can play up in the run. He's a guy that just he studies film. He knows, kind of like a Roquan, he knows, the. it's like he knows the play before it's going to happen. He seems to always be where the ball is, um, can be a lockdown guy. That's why he could play corner or safety in the NFL. Uh, number, two, number two, I got Derwin James out of Florida State. 6'3", uh, 211. Um, I think he kind of had a, a lackluster year this past year. Not saying he did bad. I think he had to make a position change. I mean, with his size, like you said, Def can be like Earl Thomas. Good speed, good length. Playing Florida State, they're known for the defense too. Be a defensive discipline guy. Definitely uh, would be a good uh, addition to any team. And then this discipline, he's also, I mean, despite his being disciplined and very patient player, he's also a very hungry player. You can tell he wants to hit the guy. He wants to play football, and that's – Seems to be a lost thing when it comes to these prospects. Most of them just want to get paid. You find occasional football players that want to play football, and I think he's one of them. Oh, yeah, him and Minka both. I mean, you watch them. Like I said, I love DBs that come up and it's not afraid to hit. I mean, both these guys will wrap you up. They're going to take you down. And that's why I love about these guys right here. I mean, if you ever hear scouts talk about having conversations with Minka Fitzpatrick, it's not anything else but football. This man loves to talk football. Minka Fitzpatrick, this is why he's the fourth best uh, pick in my opinion. He could be, he could rival anyone else in this pick. You take him, you're safe. He loves football. He loves it. He eats it. He breeds it. This is all he does. He, I mean, it's rare to find someone that loves their job. Uh, Number three, I got Josh Jackson. You know, I didn't watch a lot on Iowa. I know he had like a fantastic game against Ohio State. I mean, six foot one, one ninety two. I mean, you got to love the size f- that for a DB. Now you want those six foot and over guys to help guard a Julio Jones or an AJ Green or Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, guys like those. Like you said, really just got one year to go on with this guy. And that one year, he looked like Chris Peters, but it's just one right, year. Right, right. Number four, I got Denzel Ward. I mean, he had a good year, but the only thing, I mean, 5'10", 191, he is a little bit on the shorter side. So we'll see how he does in the NFL. I mean, I think he's definitely a competitor. Like I know. said, he'll come in as a nickelback. He'll he'll cover your slot guy. And he's just as fast as any of them. I think he'll develop into a solid number two, but I don't think he'll ever be a number one cornerback. He'll never be a Richard right. Sherman, a Josh Norman, a Chris Peters. He won't develop into those kind of guys. And then number five, I got Mike Hughes from UCF. Also a little undersized, but... The thing with Mike Hughes, you know, he comes from UCF. They felt disrespected. So maybe he has that mentality of disrespected, come in, want to compete, will want to do good. This guy could be a steal. I think uh, he definitely could make some waves You know, when he gets into the 
when he gets in the NFL. Like I said, his press coverage is one of the best ones in the league. He very much can put his hands on a guy and shut them down, but it's going to be questionable against the elite. So he may just be a number two or a nickelback, same with the last guy. All right, so that's going to be all of our defensive players and their, uh, what they look like going into the combine. Uh, coming out of the combine, you'll see a lot more of our reactions and such. All right, so we're going to talk about the combine from yesterday and today. I'm going to start off very obvious. Orlando Brown, that was that was disappointing. Bad. I had him as one of my better tackles. I, I put my offensive lineman together. I thought it was very clear Quentin Nelson was number one. Isaiah Wynn was number two. Chase disagrees with that naturally because he's a Georgia fan. That's through and through, and it's very hard to compete with him on that. Well, I actually had Orlando Brown as my number one tackle. I mean, he had a good year at Oklahoma. You know, I thought with his size, maybe start him out at right tackle or maybe move him to guard. But, man, yes, after this combine, I mean, horrible 40 time. Just looks out of shape. I mean, and they said he lost a He came in 345. I think at Oklahoma he was like 378. Hunter had mentioned earlier that, you know, in high school was 400 pounds. I mean, he's lost weight, but he still just looked out of shape. Just didn't didn't seem to have that edge. Uh, just looked undisciplined in drills. Just, I don't know, just totally... The best word for it was apathetic. Yeah. He just did not care. I mean, no matter what the drill was, you just see on his face, he didn't look hungry, he didn't look like he wanted to compete, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. I don't know if that was something he was tired from being nervous the night before. I've heard stories about that. Guys just don't show up at the combine because they're so nervous they don't get any sleep. But I didn't see a tired guy. I saw a guy that didn't care. I mean, he had a slow 40 time. I can run faster 40. Uh, His bench press was only 14. That's one of the worst ones from offensive linemen. I mean... Running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks have all beat him, beat that. That's not something that's acceptable from a tackle. To me, if he was on your board as the number one tackle, he was my number one tackle. I'm third on my offensive line. He's off. He's gone. Boom. You, you can't leave somebody on there that just simply didn't show up to one of the most important interviews of his life. Now, if he's got a good excuse, the GMs and scouts, he's had those conversations with all of them. He was there with all 32 teams. They'll have their opinion on what happened, but I honestly think he's off everyone's board unless something there was some kind of excuse that we find out later. I believe somebody would take a chance on him. I mean, like I said, he had a good year at Oklahoma. Like I said, I mean, with the bench press, I mean, dude's like six foot seven, six foot eight, about three hundred seventy pounds. We said he came in three forty five, but still, I mean, that's the mountain from Game of Thrones size. I mean, come on, I mean, why ain't you throwing it up like Will Hernandez, who we'll get to in a second? I mean. Come on now. I mean, I don't know. He just, he definitely took a tumble on my board, so I don't know. I mean, you may take a shot on him in sixth, seventh round. I don't see a draft pick on him. I don't, I think it's a total and complete whiff because you don't want to sit there and develop. And coaches, I've said this at other positions, coaches don't have time to develop guys. This is a guy who should be one of the most talented tackles in the league, in the league, going into the league. But He's a guy that people are hoping to plug in right away to yeah, contribute. And absolutely. I just don't see that. Not not anymore, I guarantee that. It's, he's gone from a guaranteed uh, first-round pick to not being there at all. He probably would have been better just not to show up at the Combine, but there was there was definitely an issue there. Uh, speaking of guys who did show up at the Combine, let's talk about Will Hernandez. I mean, good gosh. I, I put mean, one word, awesome. Just total beast, man. I mean, what he threw, 37 times on the bench press? I mean, dude. It looks, was ridiculous. I mean, he had a five one five forty. I mean, that's fast. For his size? Yeah, that's fast. That's great. I saw him in all the drills. I watched every drill that, that, that they would show before they cut the commercial. I got so annoyed with that. Every time I was wanting to watch one particular player, he'd cut the commercial because it wasn't Lamar Jackson. I swear, it drove me up the wall. 
But Will Hernandez was fluid in every drill. He looked natural. He looked like he could move better than me. I'm six foot, 180 pounds. The, the guy was agile. He knew what he was doing. He was fast. He was competitive. Every drill, he looked like he wanted to be number one, and I think he showed he was. Uh, yeah, I think he definitely... Uh... I think I've, I think what Nelson saved his saved himself like he went there he did his job he showed up but I think Will Hernandez put himself in the conversation is definitely one of the top guards there's three I think there's now three safe guards to take in this in this draft and Will Hernandez is not one of them I, I I'm curious what everyone else is going to say about him but man he looked good oh man he just I mean quick off the ball just I mean he's just a massive dude I mean which at five one. 40 at that size? 5-1-5. I, mean, I mean, that was fast. He just God, blew God. back. He's, I mean, honestly, I'm, I couldn't even tell you what everyone else is. Uh, all the other guards is 40 time. I couldn't tell you. I didn't write them down. No one else stood out to me. I think everyone else just kind of maintained. I think Will Hernandez jumped up. The only issue was Isaiah Wynn was not at the combine. He's still recovering from a surgery, if I remember correctly. So he's, uh, I mean, all three guys are going to be safe picks. If Isaiah Wynn it can show off at the pro day for Georgia, he's definitely going to be a safe pick. Right now, all three of them. Right there, neck and neck. I got Quentin Nelson still number one, but Will Hernandez and Isaiah Wynn can both overtake him. With I think Wynn, too, you know, I don't know if he really needed to compete in the combine. I mean, maybe he can go in his pro day, but, you know, in the senior bowl, he competed all week with that torn pectoral muscle and still dominated people. So, Coaches I mean, loved him. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think all three guards, like I said, safe. Yeah. three guards, safe to pick. I, they, they may actually end up hurting each other's draft stock because – why take one when you can just wait for the third one? They're all, in my eyes, the same. So they could end up hurting each other, and they may tumble just because a team can wait for the third one. All right, you got any other offensive linemen before I get onto those quarterbacks? I'm ready to talk about some quarterbacks. Let's talk about quarterbacks. All right, so at quarterback, the most disappointing thing I saw at the at the quarterbacks, I mean, I'm annoyed with the whole thing, to be honest with you. Sam Darnold didn't even throw the ball. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. There was no reason. I mean, Sam Darnold is competing for the number one draft pick. Uh, at least I thought he was. Maybe, I mean, maybe he don't want to go to Cleveland. I don't know. That, that has to be the only reason, and that's the case. I mean, that's another question mark for him. Does he want to p- compete? Is he a competitive guy? He's just sat there and watched Josh Allen out-throw everyone on that quarterback. You're not going to convince me Josh Allen did not beat everyone there. He was awesome. I haven't watched I the second. I don't know, Rosen. Okay, to be fair, I haven't watched the second group just just a disclaimer, I have not watched the second group. I haven't seen Baker Mayfield throw. Josh Rosen, I haven't seen him throw. I mean, there's a whole second group I have not seen yet. But I got to watch the 40 times, and then we got pressed for time for the podcast, so we started it. But that first group, Josh Allen was amazing. Every throw was just beautiful. You'd see him wait. He'd wait half a second longer than every other quarterback to even attempt to throw, and he'd get the ball there faster than all of them. I saw him throw a perfect, just easy, from the 10-yard line to the other 25 beautiful in the air on the money i mean the accuracy issues that we talked about before i'm like i'm willing to look past it i mean it was beautiful well i don't like I said, he had a great combine i mean obviously cannon for an arm and then 40 i think he ran like a 475 or something for his size that's really good he definitely moved up to me because i did have lamar jackson as my five he's out but josh allen's definitely my top five now I still don't think he's a guy that should be taking number one of the Browns. Like I said, you still look at that completion percentage, you know, maybe get him somewhere to develop. But, yeah, he definitely showed out today. He definitely impressed me. It, it was awesome. I mean, I loved almost every second of it. And my favorite part was at the end of the first group, if anyone could go back, they recorded it, anything like that, go back and watch the Combine. When they got done with the first group, they all huddled around the coach who was giving them the last-minute kind of advice and just talking to him. 
The guy right in the coach's face was Josh Allen. He ran right in there. He was front and center. He wanted to be the first one there. He's, he's drinking in every advice. You could not see a more engaged individual in that whole combine than Josh Allen. They, he was talking to somebody the whole time. I mean, he looked like Sanquan Barkley from day one. Sanquan Barkley was talking to somebody the entire time. I loved it. These guys want to play. These guys want to be good at the next level. They don't want to just get paid. Josh Allen, to me, is now a top, not just a top five. He's top three quarterback. I expect him to get taken in the first round. I don't I don't think Cleveland will take him number th- one. Definitely a first-round draft pick. He definitely moved him, so he'd be in the first round. To me, he wasn't even a first-round grade, and now he is. Um, I'm going to move on to the most disappointing guy, and that's Lamar Jackson. I am livid about this. He didn't run his 40. He didn't want to show off any of his actual skill sets. He wanted to show that he was a passer. Problem is, he's not a good passer. He's just not. His fit, he has, He's Allen, Josh Allen's completion percentage without Josh Allen's arm. He doesn't have a big arm. He doesn't. He's not an accurate passer. He looked kind of shaky. Uh, Mike Mayock, who loves him, loves him. He's been talking about how he's going to transform the NFL. His combine, it was described in, one, in two words, skittish and erratic. Skittish and erratic. That's why Mike Mayock, who loves Lamar Jackson, said he's going to transform. Lamar Jackson went from a late first-round draft pick, a second-round draft pick, to me, to almost off my board. And I'm not kidding in that aspect because why didn't he want to try a wide receiver? It's, I'm not asking him to switch positions. I'm asking him to try out a wide receiver. Why not? Because you don't want to be a versatile weapon. You don't want to be like Slash was. Slash was awesome. Problem with Slash is he tried to be quarterback and he wasn't that good of a passer. Does that sound familiar? Knew who else wasn't a good passer? Terrell Pryor. What do you do? He transferred to wide receiver. Another not good passer, Tim Tebow. Guess what he didn't do? He didn't want to try out a different position. Guess who's not in the league anymore? When you don't want to be versatile, when you don't want to be the best weapon to your team, you're not going to last in this league. And I think Lamar Jackson hurt himself. Tebow didn't win a playoff game, but... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. He threw to Demarius <laughs> Thomas. He threw like 280 yards and 240 went to one guy. Demarius Thomas ate Ike Taylor's lunch. I'm getting off topic. I'll come back to that. You know what happened? Bad quarterbacks that can't complete passes, that are athletic, that aren't willing to transition to be the most helpful to their team, don't make it in this league. And I think Lamar Jackson hurt himself today. He may not fall off of everybody's board, but he's no longer my third quarterback. I had him as my third quarterback. I thought he was a late, uh, an early second-round pick or a late first. Now, at best, he's a fourth-round draft pick because I don't know if I can even put him at wide receiver. Will he even try out? If, you, if he had tried out for wide receiver, that means he's a quarterback that can put out a wide receiver. I can have a backup quarterback today that's willing to play as my fifth, fourth or fifth-string wide receiver. Man, that defense would be scared of that, wouldn't they? I have a versatile guy who's taking up two roster spots with one person. That is a dangerous weapon. That is what the Patriots do. They get a guy that can play multiple positions. This is a guy I would love. He would have been an instant first-round draft pick. Now he went the other way for me. Not saying I don't agree with you, but let me play devil's advocate All for right. a second. Picture yourself with Lamar Jackson right now. Gotcha. Right? Everybody's saying, this guy's not a quarterback. He needs to play receiver. He needs to play a different position. This dude's played quarterback his whole life. I don't know. Keep going. So, look, we know he's a freakish athlete. All right. Decides not to run the 40 or compete in these other drills. You know, just wants to throw it. He's out here to prove that he is a quarterback. I get that, and I, I get that he wants to play quarterback. But my, the problem with that is he didn't stop himself from being a quarterback today. The only thing he did was stop himself from being able to play any other position. If he had ran all those other drills, if he had competed in every other drill, he still could have shown off his arm. He still could have done everything. And to me... I would have loved him that much more. I would love a backup quarterback that I can plug in as my fifth wide receiver, my third running back. I'm not saying that's what the position I want him to play. He takes up two roster spots as one person. 
I love that guy. That guy is the best. The worst part about a backup quarterback is he doesn't do anything. He's a clipboard holder. Curtis Painter was a backup quarterback for years, and when he got plugged in, he was useless. Useless. And backup quarterbacks usually don't come in and do well. They don't go Nick Foles on everybody. That's a rarity, not a, not a common thing. Tom Brady's, Brett Favre's, when they come in as backup quarterbacks, those are the exceptions. I can name maybe six guys in the past decade that did to do something similar to that. Most of the time when a backup quarterback comes in and does well, they're not actually good. Matt Castle, Matt Flynn. I mean, these guys get paid for four, five, six games. They're not very good. He had a shot to be something different, something better than just a quarterback, just a backup quarterback. We've been saying the whole time he's a developmental guy. You don't plug him in on just any team. I tell you he's a bad quarterback when he's got pressure on his face. That is something you can teach, something you can educate. Now, I think there was eight teams going into the combine looking at him as a number one quarterback. If he had tried out a wide receiver, 32 teams would have been looking at him. That's, that's called draft stock. That means they want him. After the combine, which he did not answer questions, he did not prove he was a better passer. He showed off how bad of a passer he was. He showed bobble passes. He showed how uncomfortable he was from taking snaps under center, which he has experience in. A lot of people doesn't think, don't think he has any experience in that. He took 72 snaps from under center. He looked so uncomfortable today. And at the, you'll see him do have a great day at, this, uh, at his pro day, but honestly, that's scripted. Everyone knows they're going to go in and look good on their pro day. Everyone looks good on their pro day. It's a scripted thing to make you look better to scouts. He left the combine with more questions than answers, and now I don't know if I would even want him on my team. I think four teams are looking at him as an actual quarterback, and that's just how needy they are. But with Nick Foles just showing out last year, and how many quarterbacks stepped up from injuries last year? Jacoby Brissett was playing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great, but he was passable. A lot of quarterbacks are passable. Brett Hundley played. Quarterbacks, So many starting quarterbacks got hurt last year. They showed how important backup quarterbacks are, <laughs> and now they're looking at him going, uh, I don't know if I want him, especially since you don't know if you can put him in another package without offending someone. His advice came from social media and other, other people like that. I don't know why he's taking advice from that. This is a guy who doesn't have an agent, who isn't there to educate him on what he should be doing. He's using his mother as agent, which I don't have a problem with, but she doesn't know the business. She doesn't know how to cozy up to 32 GMs and go, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're working with. Why do you need to see this? This is, this is a guy who's not taking good advice. Whoever gave him the advice not to try out, I've heard all sorts of the worst kinds of advice. These are 32 potential employees. You don't tell them to pound sand. You don't tell them you're going to beat them on Sunday. You don't tell them that kind of stuff. Potential employers, you look at them and go, why do you need to know that? What can I do to prove how good I am at quarterback? They go, we don't have a problem with you at quarterback. We just want to see if you can play other roles as well. As well is a key word there. They're not saying switch to wide receiver for me. They're saying we want you to play quarterback and be a playmaker. As an offense. I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Literally, you just offended, in my opinion, you, you just told your uh, potential employers to shove off. And also, you know, he just looked uncomfortable today, too, throwing the ball. You know, I almost wonder if he should have just ran the 40, because I think it's obvious he would have had a great time, probably would have just excelled in all, in the vertical, the broad jump, 40, stuff like that. You know, you almost wonder if he would have competed in that stuff. Maybe, maybe. had a good showing. Maybe would have helped us throwing. I don't know. It made he him more just, confident. Yeah, he just didn't look comfortable today. And he just, you know, you talk about the bad advice. And I understand, you know, I understand he wants to play quarterback. I get it. That's what he's played his whole life. But like you said, sometimes you got to bite the bullet. And you got to be willing to do other things. But and who knows? He could prove us all wrong. Get drafted by somebody and just... Blow it up in the NFL. I agree. I don't. I, I wish he would have competed in all 
the drills today. Yeah, the worst part was that he only competed in the passing drills, so guess what's going to get put under a microscope? Those eats and everyone passes. He threw, what, 12 passes, maybe 18 passes today? And half of them were good? The other half were meh? And he probably had the worst throw. I mean, he threw an absolute duck. I mean... I actually think he threw two or three. I mean, I think it was just two, and then he had, had passes. Well, he threw a lot off. behind. Yeah, and that's what, that is a concern for him. He has accuracy issues, and this is without pressure in his face. This is without... And some people are better on game day. Tim Tebow's one of them. I don't like Tim Tebow, but he is better on game day. But the problem is, a head coach has to look at him in practice and go, I'm going to put my job in his hands. How many head coaches are going to look at Lamar Jackson on the combine and go, I put my job in his hands? If you take him in the first round, you're putting your job in this quarterback's hand. They're called coach killers. Have you seen Cleveland's draft picks? I mean, <laughs> that is what happens to coaches. You put, you look at a quarterback and go, I'm going to put my, my career in his hands. Now, some people saw Josh Allen today and said, I'm going to put my career in his hands. With Sam Darnold being just so disappointing and not wanting to throw the ball, which tells me he's not as competitive as I thought he was, which, I mean, Chase said that last week, that he doesn't, at times, he just seems like he isn't into it. Uh, but I don't think you're, I think your correct words was he just seemed lost. Well, he just, he seems emotionless. Like That was it. You know, you, maybe I'm reading too much into facial expressions and body language and stuff like that, but... I, I don't know. He just don't look like he has that desire. Like to Jay Cutler. Just, yeah, oh, okay. he does kind of. Maybe Jay Cutler to me is just cocky. Sam Darnold, he just. I mean, there was times Jay Cutler throw an interception, walk and up the field, and look like he didn't care. I think Jay Cutler. I mean, he's got ability, but he just had an attitude he didn't care. problem. Same with Jamarcus Russell. But, ability, but had an, had some kind of problem. There is always a problem. Every prospect has a problem. That's that's at the end of the day, every prospect has a problem. Just when it comes to the great ones, it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball too long. It doesn't matter. He's going to make plays. Tom Brady is not athletic. It doesn't matter. It's Tom Brady. And my thing with Darnold, too, I mean, he ran the 40 and stuff like that. But honestly, did you go into it like, man, I can't wait to see this 40 time that Darnold's going to run? No, I mean, he. I guess he ran like an average 40. I mean, but you want to see how he's going to throw. You know what I'm saying? You know, you don't – you're not as a GM or something like, man – I wonder if Darnold's just gonna have this great forty or great vertical. No, you're gonna you want to see that arm talent. You want to see how he gets the ball of his hands, how accurate he is, how he is on the deep ball, and we didn't get to see that today. I mean, no, we didn't. I, Darnold for me is, I hate to say it because I was arguing with Chase last week. Sam Darnold was the number one. I haven't seen Josh Rosen pass today. If he does a half decent at job at all, he's my new number one. And that, that, to me, is how important, not just the combine, but showing how competitive you are with all your competition. That's the most important thing to, uh, to any GM, I think. You go in going, ah, oh, this job's mine. I don't want you on my team. I want a competitor. I want a guy who's fighting for his job. And who knows? You know, I think we said earlier, maybe Darnold don't want to be the number one guy. Maybe he don't want to go to Cleveland. Who knows? I don't know what goes through these prospects' mind. As you're being looked at as maybe the top quarterback in – this draft, you would think you'd go out there and throw. You, know? you should, absolutely. Um, before we move on to running backs, I want to say one last thing. Um, Baker Mayfield, to me, uh, right before the combine, I haven't seen him throw. I've seen him run his 40 time, wasn't impressed, but I loved his interview. I do not like Baker Mayfield. I don't like him at all. But did you hear his interview about how he's the most accurate quarterback, how he's the best quarterback prospect? I love attitude like that. That right there. You said it last week. Baker Mayfield is competitive. I don't like him as a passer, as a quarterback. He's too short. He plays from a spread system. 
But when you hear a guy talk like that and he wants to be number one, you know who said that right before they won a Super Bowl? The offseason before, he said he's the best quarterback in the draft. Who's that? Uh, not the draft, best quarterback in the league. That was Joe Flacco. Right before another quarterback won the Super Bowl in the in the offseason, he says the best quarterback in the draft, uh, best quarterback in the league. I keep doing that. Eli Manning said it. It's so funny how you have to believe it, even if it's not true, even if everyone can point out you're wrong, you have to believe you're the best quarterback out there. Baker Mayfield said he's not coming in for a backup job. He wants to be number one. I love that. If he got drafted to a team and he's going to push the number one quarterback, man. Well, I think people on the outside, when they see Baker and they see the annex and all this stuff he does, of course you're like, man, I can't stand this guy. But you can't tell me, if you're a teammate of this guy and this dude's just getting jacked up, ready to go out there, trying to get you pumped up, you're going to want to play for a guy like that. And I think, you know, who knows, I don't think he's quite Johnny Manziel. Yeah, he had the, the arrest of the offseason, and, you know, I'm sure he might be somewhat of a partier. I, I just think he's a guy in the locker room people are going to want to play for. He's going to get people... He's just a guy that makes people play better around him. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I mean, I can't wait to watch him throw. I mean, if he has a half-decent day at all, he climbs my board. I got two quarterbacks that are tumbling. The only reason I don't know how far is because I haven't seen the other half of the quarterbacks uh, throw yet. Lamar Jackson is tumbling for me because he did not show off all of his athleticism, and he's not a good passer. To me, I don't think he's a team player. At this point, right now, I haven't seen anything that made me go, he's a team player. I don't want to see that. He did not want to show off what he can do for potential employers. He's not a smart guy by telling his potential employers that he's not going to show off what all he can do. I think he kind of just sent up a middle finger in that aspect. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading into it. But I think when you get your advice from social media, when you get told by people who aren't your potential employers, by GMs and scouts who are not looking at you to go, hmm, maybe you should do what they say and not what everyone else is telling you to do. When you hear outside noises are telling you what to do and you agree with them, because he's tweeted back at these guys saying, "Yes, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm. I'm. I'm a quarterback first. When a coach and GM ask you to try out a different position, a guy who's potentially going to hire you and give you millions of dollars, just try out. Yeah. Just, just do it. I mean, this is. If you don't want to, fine. But do, just realize that Terrell Power made the transition, still in the league. Tim Tebow did not out of the league. Maybe you want. You're willing to go down swinging as a quarterback. I would not be willing to bet all that on them. But ultimately, these guys are. Lamar Jackson's falling, Sam Darnold's falling. I mean, they're going to look good on the pro day. I tell you right now, they're both going to look good on the pro day. That's the point of pro day. If you screw up on pro day, that tells me you not only aren't smart, you aren't prepared. So I think Darnold would still be a top ten guy because oh, absolutely, they're, they're you watch the tape and he's still got. I mean, the arm talent's there with Lamar. I mean, I think somebody still is going to take a chance on him probably in the second round just because. I mean, you watch tape and you see the things he can do with the ball of his hands. It is incredible. But then you see bad throws and you see the bad completion percentage. And like I said, you know, I watched him again in games against LSU a couple years ago in a bowl game and against Mississippi State in a bowl game. I think he had like three interceptions against Mississippi State. Mississippi State was a good defense, but they weren't great. I mean, and in LSU, they always have pretty good, a really good defense. So I don't know. I just. When, when I see someone who's afraid of pressure down the middle like Lamar Jackson is, when I see a quarterback who's not accurate like Lamar Jackson isn't, and that he can run and make other plays with his legs like Michael Vick did back in 2001. I mean, we're talking about over a decade ago what what Michael Vick did. Defenses were slower back then. Can Lamar Jackson outrun Luke Keechley to the sideline? I had something I, that a 40-yard time would have told me. I could have known. Can he, do, can he be more elusive? Can he dodge cornerbacks and safeties? Can he dodge a Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas? coming at him with the three-cone drill. This all matters. 
That would have told me what he could do. He didn't do it. I now I don't know. I got more questions coming out of the combine about Lamar Jackson than answers, and that scares me. He falls. Sam Darnold did not want to compete. He falls. Maybe that's their attempt. Maybe they don't want guys to take them for any other reason. Problem is, well, I get that with Darnold, but with because Darnold, he's looking at this guy who could be taken number one. Right. I don't think nobody's talking about Lamar being taken number one. I mean, I agree with you somewhat, but you watch tape. Obviously, I don't think Keekly or Cookley, whatever his name, Luke Keekly, he's going to catch him on the sideline. Are there guys in the NFL that can? Absolutely. Have you seen Luke Keekly? He's the best middle linebacker. He's a beast. He's he the is. Best. No, he I know. I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, Lamar. I know he's got great speed. I know he's got freaky athleticism. The reason why I don't like that he didn't compete in those drills today is, to me, when you go to the combine, you're you're committing to participating in everything there. Like I said, and who knows, if he would have participated and he would have ran a great 40 and had a great vertical jump, you know, maybe he has that confidence and he has a great throwing day. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I feel like we know he has the athletic ability. I still wish he would have competed. I mean, I think every 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 player in the NFL has got athletic ability. The question is to what degree. And it matters. And everyone's like, oh, it's a couple seconds different or it's a couple milliseconds different. This is a game of inches. That game, the Super Bowl has been decided by half a yard. Everything matters. Or not running the ball. Or not running the ball. Everything matters. <sighs> every decision. Every I thought you were talking about the Seahawks. They didn't throw. They didn't do it. Well, them too. But I'm a Falcons fan. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to figure out how important that is, and that's the problem between great teams and teams that just keep repeating the same mistakes. You've got to realize how important a half an inch is, a half a millisecond is, how important every little bit of information. There's no such thing as bad information. Just on how to use it. All right, so we're gonna move on to running back because we could go on about these all day, and I am fired up about it. But I gotta say some sad news. My my number three running back was Ronald Jones. He got hurt during the combine running that first forty, so we don't actually get to see him. He actually still ran a pretty quick forty despite pulling up on that ha- hamstring, I believe it was. But he ended up missing out all the workouts, and because of that, he's gonna fall down my board. Not nothing bad on him. It's not his fault. We'll have to see on his pro day what he can do. But it's one of those things where I can't see him compete against twelve of the best, and it's such a highly competitive. Uh, class, like I said, quarterback class is bad. Running back class is amazing. There's half a dozen guys here. They can all make plays. They can all catch the ball. Man, we got to talk about it. How good was Saquon Barkley? I mean, beast. I mean, dude, totally lived up to expectations. Uh, just, I mean, he killed it. He was definitely the best player overall in the combine. Uh, Thus far, we haven't seen Bradley Chubb, who's supposed to be a freak. I mean, it's just the first Yeah, I think Saquon's got it in the bag. I mean, (laughs) mean, this this was 225 pounds, 29 times. 233-pounder. That's what they weighed him at the combine. Yeah, I mean, he threw up up on the bench press 29 times. 4'4", flat, 40. I mean, he's definitely elite speed, elite strength. 41-inch vertical. I mean, mean, elite explosive ability. This guy was ridiculous in every aspect. The only thing he didn't show up on was the broad jump, funny enough. But you know who did show up on it, and he's probably now my number two running back. He's he's got he's got a little bit of competition. Nick Chubb showed up on every single thing. He's he top, was probably Saquon's biggest competition. Oh, definitely. He was top five in every category, if I remember correctly. He's he's one of the fastest forties, and he wasn't the fastest forty, but he's faster than Sony Michelle. We'll, we'll get back to that. Twenty nine <laughs> on the bench press. He showed up. I think he was the second best on the vertical. He was top three on the broad jump. Nick Chubb was an athletic beast. Chase said it last week. He's gonna show up. He's going to blow up the combine. I didn't disagree. I just didn't expect him to do it to this degree. Well, I think with Chubb, too, 
he put to rest somewhat. People may be concerned they would have with his injury. And then they see what they he just did at the combine, and they're like, yeah, this dude, he's he's ready to play. The problem is I don't think he still isn't back to what he was prior to that injury. No, <laughs> I mean, his freshman year, like I said, he start, his freshman year, I think he was like four or five games in until he started. And dude had 1,500 yards rushing his freshman year. I mean, absolutely. I mean, good gosh. I mean, that's crazy. And we're going to talk about it here in a minute. I think Michelle is the better running back. I'm not saying Chubb's not a great running back. I think he is. I think Chubb's the better running back, but and Sony Michelle's not a bad running back. I'm Chubb not saying that. is definitely he's gonna he's a guy that's gonna succeed in the NFL. I mean, he's a competitor. I think one year they talked about when Georgia was on spring break and dude went back to his high school to work out. I mean, who does that? Nick Chubb does. Um <laughs> Yeah, he definitely was Saquon's biggest competition. I mean, he just showed up in every aspect. And the thing that no one's gonna great, no one, no casual fan's gonna see that no radio show is gonna talk about is what Nick Chubb did in the passing drills. Nick Chubb caught every pass. He didn't double. He doesn't do what they call double catch. He didn't bobble any balls. He caught every pass. It was insane to me that no one's talking about how good Nick Chubb is as a pass catcher. He caught every one of them. He looked like he had the second best hands there outside of Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. Of course, this is with the first running uh, with the first running back group. I didn't have a chance to compare them with the second running back group. If I remember correctly, there was two groups. Was there two groups of running back? I think so. I might just be mixing up. Anyway, he had some of the best hands there. It was insane to me that that's just overlooked what Nick Chubb can do. Again, he wasn't utilized because Sony Michelle is a better pass protector. Nick Chubb is a good pass protector. Sony Michelle's just better. And I think that all that Sony Michelle exposure got from passing games and being utilized in the passing downs made him look appear to be better than Nick Chubb. I don't think it's true. Sony Michelle was not faster than Nick Chubb. Didn't he beat him on the top 10 on the 40 time? Where was he on the bench press, Chase? He had 22. No, I man. think he was top five in the bench press. Okay, so He still had a really good combine. So really, yeah, great combine, great player. Look, before we got on this podcast, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we've been going at it about this Nick Chubb-Sony Michelle debate. Don't get me wrong. I love both guys. They're both incredible. But I put up the highlights of Sonny Michelle's career highlights. You know, Hunter argues, oh, man, every time he runs the ball, it's an obvious passing down, they run the ball. It's yeah, a passing they, situation. They did a lot of draws and stuff like that. But if you watch him, his change of direction is second to none. He just makes people miss. And he'll run he'll run your butt over. I mean, dude can do it all. And yet Chubb, he ran faster than him. He had more bench press reps. He made it look Better catching the football, but I'm telling you, Michelle is a guy you just the thing that makes Michelle so great is just how he creates space. I'm not saying Chubb can't, but if you watch Chubb, they're just they they are different playing styles because with Chubb, when he gets going, people just bounce off of him and he can make people miss too. And he's got great vision, Chubb, he can find the hole, but Michelle, he just makes people miss, he can run you over. Like I said, his change of direction is just incredible. Both guys, you can't miss on them. They're both incredible. Michelle, to me, is the better. I mean, Michelle is a very good, very good running back. He's definitely top four for me. And the only competition in there for Nick Chubb and Tony Michelle, which I think they're all in the same tier right after Saquon Barkley, is Darius Geis. He's the only one that fits in there. He's not as strong as either Sonny Michelle or Nick Chubb, but he was fast. Yeah, he had a really good 40 Man, uh, unfortunately, my one of my favorites was Ronald Jones, and he got hurt, and he, made, he didn't get to finish the combine or really participate much at all. But for So for Ronald Jones, we're just going to take him out and see where he lands after the combine, see what everyone else thinks. And after his pro day, we'll get a good look at him. 
But right now, top four running backs, number one is Saquon Barkley, and the next three is very muddy for me. Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Nick, Darius Geis might be best because I am biased toward Georgia players, but I just don't see how he's better than Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle. Well, the thing I say yet. about Geis, too, I mean, yes, bench press. I think he only had like 14 reps. It's not great. But I will say what, for Geis is before the season started, there was a video of him squatting 600 pounds. I mean, good Gosh, man. I mean, yeah, he's five foot nine, maybe lower to the ground, but that's six hundred pounds. Did you see Saquon Barkley's power clean? I think I did. I think they said it was a state record for power clean. That's of anybody. It was insane. I thought he was doing a deadlift when they showed it, and they said it was a power clean. He lifted that all the way up above his Saquon Barkley is a ridiculous well, I think monster. Like all of them, Saquon, Darius Geis, and Chubb all had videos. I don't know if they're all six hundred pounds. They're all close to that range. So, I mean... I mean, if your team takes Saquon Barkley, thank God. I'm telling you, just get down on your hands and knees. Thank God. It's ridiculous how good Saquon Barkley is. He'll be an immediate impact. I mean, if you watch the combine, all Rich Eisen would do is tell the Giants to take Saquon Barkley. He would not stop talking about that. Barkley is an immediate impact guy. He will not make it out, out outside of the top five picks. If your team wanted them, they have to trade up for them bad. So Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Darius guys, they're all going to hurt each other's, I think, stock because running back is such a deep class. You're going to see, you know, four or five running backs taken in the second round, third round. They're just going to topple each other over because everyone's gonna, the teams are going to be so patient on them because there's so many. I read this thing today, and it's asking Michelle which teams he's talked to, and Oakland was one of the teams. And I got to thinking, could you imagine that? With those weapons, Man, and they, you had Michelle They're that? keeping Crabtree there? I mean, then I might start to believe in uh, Derek Carr. I'm not a big fan of him right now. I think he's highly overrated, and I know a lot of Raider fans just threw their whatever listening device they're on. They just threw it. But Derek Carr is highly overrated. When he got the highest-paid contract, I kind of scratched my head and said, why? He's got two of the best wide receivers in the league. He's had a great career as far as offensive linemen goes, and yet he still seems kind of... Subpar quarterback. I mean, he's not a top ten quarterback in the league. But well, again, I'm getting off topic. But you give him Sony Michelle. With, I mean, you got Marshawn Lynch there too. I mean, it. Well, that's a good coach for uh, Sony Michelle. That's maybe, what I'm saying. I maybe mean, not off field because Marshawn Lynch is kind of kind of. I don't. I don't know if he's a. He's a funny character. I'll say that. But that's a. I mean, are they moving to Las Vegas this year? No, not yet. Okay, so. they got one more year in Oakland. All right, and then we're going to move on to the wide receivers again. We haven't got to watch the whole group, uh, but I had a couple of guys I wanted to talk about. Man, St. Brown. I can't remember how to say his first. Equinemius. Whatever, Equinemius. <laughs> I hope I got that right. Four four eight, despite his size. Oh, my God. I mean, I had him as my top five wide receiver. Holy crap, that was fast. Yeah, he Big. looks like another Mike Evans. Man, that was scary good. Uh, Kirk. For me, I did not. I don't think I, I think I, I think I left him off my top five, and I think that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, I left him off my top five last week, and he could be the number two wide receiver right after Calvin Ridley. And at times, he looked better than Calvin Ridley yeah. today. Again, I haven't got to watch much Calvin Ridley, but that second group is, was still going when we sat yeah, down. Yeah, Kurt, football man, guys. he really looked natural catching the football. Definitely looked good, and I think he's going to make teams very happy in that slot position. And DJ Chark, you had him on your top five. Oh, man. I mean, God. That size and that speed. You, you had him on your top five. I did not. I was not a believer. I'm like, oh, it's just another well, SEC. Well, I remember watching him in, you know, those putt returns. I knew he was a fast guy, but I didn't know. Four, three, four? What What would he it, it was. It was, was sub-four, four. I right? mean, man. 
So, I mean, like I said last week, it was hard to tell with his quarterback play there, but he showed up today. So you're going to see, I honestly think you'll see a lot of SEC receivers go early. Yeah. No surprise, but. I believe so. And I'll tell you another guy, Michael Gallup, and I had my top five too. He's another guy that I I felt impressed, looked good catching the football. I think he had a pretty decent 40 time. He's kind of reminds me of him and Christian Kirk are almost similar because they both almost look like a running back. They're both. About six foot, two hundred, two hundred one. I mean, every every title uh, headline writer in those nations hoping he he goes to in the first round just so they can make the headline jokes. I mean, it's it's there. It's easy. Gallop this, gallop that, mm-hmm. all that. It's they're hoping for it. Um, I had a guy, Jaleel Scott, great forty time, and then he showed some inconsistency in the uh, catching game. So I was one of those guys I was watching. I was like, dang it, I really wanted him to be good. Cortland Sutton looked good today. I had a guy, Valdis Gentling. I'm not even sure how to say his name. He had a four three seven. He's like four four. Uh, he's like six five, six four. Massive guy. I mean, when you see a guy that's six four, six five, you're just hoping for under four six. If they get under four four, man, that's 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 elite level that's stuff. A deadly combo, right it there. is. If he, as long as he has decent hands, man, you get a fast big guy. He's gonna get drafted if he's got decent hands. Man, you're talking about Pro Bowl level wide receiver right there, just because he can immediately make an impact on the outside. And most number one cornerbacks aren't that fast. They usually just shut down the big guys. So it's insane to me that these players. And now we still got a lot of combine left. We I still got to watch the second group from to, from day two. Uh, we got the defensive players doing all their combine. So it's going to be exciting to watch as this winds down, and these pro days go forward. So we're going to keep talking about it um, next week. We'll probably go over what we saw from the combine from, from the last the couple. Of, side of yeah, all. from the defensive side of the combine. And probably go looking forward on who what we expect to see and stuff like that, as well as some of our reactions to the rest of the league and such. But it's going to be a very exciting offseason. We're trying to keep up one uh, podcast out per day, so that's what we're uh, not one podcast one podcast per week. So we're going to keep that on doing that, and we'll probably pick up once the regular season gets here. So other than that, guys, we hope to see y'all next time. Just uh, keep listening, and we're hoping to get y'all some new stuff.